Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking Podcast. Today we're talking about Bible verses that help you put God first in your life. No matter what you're dealing with, no matter where you are in your life, we put things ahead of God all the time. Today, let's read some Bible verses to help us put God back first in our life. He needs to be first in everything that we do. It's going to be a great episode. Let's do this. All right, welcome back. Welcome to a brand new episode of Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking. Today, we're talking about putting God first. We're going to read Bible verses and try to wrap our heads around why it's hard to put God first. What do we put above God? And how do we need to change that mentality to make sure that we're putting God first in our lives all day long? And what happens when we do that? We're going to talk about that. We're going to bounce around the Bible a little bit and read a uh, handful of uh, Bible verses talking about putting God first in our lives, and what happens when we do that. We all struggle with that a, a little bit. I know I do. <clears throat> Even, you know, I'm, I'm running Living Christian, and I'm, I'm doing these podcasts, and I'm, I'm reading the Bibles constantly. I'm doing all the things that I do. It's still hard not to kind of get pulled away from this world or by this world from God. So today, we're going to be diving into putting God first. So a couple of housekeeping things. If you're live with me, on Instagram, uh, you can buy the badge and that goes to our Christmas fund. If you're watching this or listening to this afterwards, go to my website, livingchristian.org, and on the in the right in the middle of the homepage there, there's a graphic, and you can donate to the Christmas fund uh, via like PayPal uh, right there. 100% of all those donations we're going to use to bless some families for Christmas. We're buying a tons of gifts. We're, we're giving some money to some families so they can provide gifts for their family. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. So thank you for doing that. Also, while we're talking here, uh, we have 20% off on the store right now, livingchristian.org as well. You can see if you're watching this, I have a t-shirt on uh, that is available on the store. So check that out. 20% off everything in the store. Use the code CHRISTMAS at checkout. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you're listening to it uh, on the podcast on Apple or on Spotify, make sure you write a review and a rating. If you're live with me on Instagram, I love it. I love to see everybody live here on Mondays and Fridays. All right, let's dive in. We're going to start with Proverbs 3, verse 6 today. Have a sip of coffee, and we'll read that and talk about that. All right, put my old man glasses on. We're, let's back up into 5 a little bit, because I love I love how 5 leads to 6. So, so, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Seek His will in all that you do, and He will show you which path to take. So let's read six again. Seek his will and all that you, and he will show you which path to take. So if you seek God's will in everything that you do, that means you're putting him first in your life. That means you're putting him uh, and you're following him where he wants you to go. So what will happen if you put God first? If you seek his will in your life, he will show you which path to take. And that is a blessing. We're this this journey to heaven, right? This journey that we're walking with Jesus. Sometimes the road is windy. Sometimes we don't know where to go. But if we follow his path, we'll end up in heaven with him for all of eternity. And isn't that what we want to do? So wrapping up Proverbs 3, 6, make sure you follow God's will in your life. And if you're praying to God, that's one thing. We talked about this a little bit last episode. Praying, when your prayer aligns with God's will in your life, 
miracles will happen. I know it's kind of cheesy and cliche, uh, but that is the reality of what we're talking about here. Okay. Seek his will in your life. If you pray for his will to happen in your life, that's when you'll align with God's desires and his purpose for you. Hopefully that makes sense. Proverbs 3, 5, 3, 6, very popular, very famous for good reason. Let's hop uh, into the Old Testament, into Colossians 3. So turn to Colossians 3, verse 1, and we'll talk about what Paul says in the letter of uh, Colossians. All right. So if you're if you're uh, new to the Bible, uh, you know Proverbs is in the Old Testament, and Colossians is in the New Testament. So these are the letters from the Apostle Paul. He wrote all these letters to these various churches scattered around uh, across the area from Asia to uh, Europe into the Middle Eastern areas. There, all they were all scattered around, and he's visiting and setting up these churches. And these are the letters to him or to those churches, kind of checking in on them and giving them guidance about how they. Need to be operating. So this is Colossians 3, verse 1 through 4. And this is the letter is from uh, uh, three. I'm on the wrong chapter. Look at me, guys. I'm goofy. I'm on one. Okay, living the new life. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of God, of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For he died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Okay, so let's talk about how this, what this equates to putting God first, okay? So what Paul is writing here is, if you've been raised in Christ, if you've given your life to Jesus, if you've accepted Christ as your Savior, seek the things that are above, right? Put God first. Put heaven first. Put Jesus first, okay? If you set your things uh, on that are above, not all the things, not on things on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is in your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So what Paul is saying here is if you put your sights and you put your focus and you put <clears throat> excuse me, your thing, everything you want, if you give it all to God and you focus on heaven and you focus on Christ, then he, you will also appear with him in glory. I mean, what an amazing uh, way to wrap that up. You will share in all his glory, depending on what translation you are. So really, verse 4 is fantastic if you read it once again. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So, put God first. Put Jesus first in your life. Right? And when Christ, who is your life, right? If you give your life to Christ and you make your life all about Jesus, right? When Jesus revealed to the whole world, you will share in his glory. I mean, there's no better promise than that. <clears throat> so there's no better uh, reason or rationale, right, uh, to put God first in your life, other than eventually when Jesus comes back, you're going to share in all his glory. You're going to be shown to the world that you are a part of the body of Christ. You can't get better than that. You can't get better than that. Let's uh, let's stick with Paul's letters, and we're going to go to Galatians, which is just a few uh, books back, actually. So, 
uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of that, you have First and Second Corinthians, you have Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Galatians. These are all letters from the Apostle Paul. So let's stick with that. Let's go to Galatians 2, verse 20. And these are going to be a little bit different uh, than what we just read. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting the Son of God who loved me and gave himself to me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless, for is keeping the law... For if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there is no need for Christ to die. Ooh. All right. Now, this is all about Jesus, right? And this is all about the fact that we need to put Jesus first. And he ends it with talking about the law and the fact that the, the Jewish people of the time could not obey the law. They tried, and that was their way to heaven. And now he's saying there's a new way to heaven. So put Christ first in your life. So what does that mean? What does that mean that says, my old life has been crucified with Christ? It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Let's talk about that just for a second. When, when Jesus died on that cross, he took all of your sins, your past sins, your present sins, and your future sins, and he hung them on that cross with him. He forgives you. He died. He was the sacrificial lamb that needed to be sacrificed in order for you to get to heaven, in order for you to be one with God again and be in the presence of God for eternity. With that, your old self is gone. It says it right here in verse 20. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives with me. So, putting God first means giving Him your sins. You cannot absolve yourself from your sinful nature. You cannot forgive, be forgiven eternally by yourself. We need God. We need Christ. Christ sacrificed Himself. So, in return, right, in return, we should be grateful and thankful, and we should put him first in all that we do. And if we do put him first in all that we do, your sins are forgiven on the cross, and you are washed clean, and you can spend eternity with heaven. So why should we put Christ first? Why should we put Jesus first? Because of what he did on that cross, and he did it for us. And everything, all the baggage and the weight and the, the, the sin and the dirtiness that you have and that we all have in our lives is right there on the cross. I love this line, and then we'll, we'll go to Matthew here in a second. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. <clears throat> Meaning that when you give your life to Christ, when you put Jesus first, when you put God first, you are no longer just a human that's living on this planet. Christ lives in you. You have the Holy Spirit in you. So why, why would you not want to give your life to Christ? Why would you not want to put God first in your life and say, you know what, I'm living for Him, 
and everything else is work, work itself out. I'm not going to worship this world. I'm not going to have these false gods and false idols in my life, because we all worship something. And we talked about this before. We all worship something. Sometimes it's money. Sometimes it's fame. Sometimes it's technology. Sometimes it's our jobs. Sometimes it's all sorts of things. Sometimes celebrity. We all worship something, whether, whether we want to accept it or not. But the only thing that you can give your life to and worship that is going to provide something back to you eternally is putting God first. Now let's talk Matthew 6.24 because I think this falls in line with what we're talking about. Now this is one of the books of the gospel in case you're new. All right. So Matthew 6. Verse 24, very famous verse. Uh, it's very convicting verse. We're going to talk about it. I have a lot highlighted in my uh, Matthew. I just got done reading Matthew again. Um, um, I just got done reading Matthew's book over the last probably week and a half and studying that a little bit more. Uh, so uh, it's, it's, it's kind of top of mind for me. So I want to throw this in here. Let's go to verse 24. This is all about putting things above God. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Convicting, isn't it? No one can serve two masters. So going back to our theme of this episode of putting God first, serving God, worshiping God first in your life, and why it's so hard at times, this verse was written thousands of years ago, Right? And it's already reminiscent of what is in today's world. The fact that money has become the central driving force in this planet, on our in our governments, in our daily lives, our lives revolve around money. And it's not just about survival, not just about having enough money to, you know, have the food and, and things to drink in, in the house over your head. It's it's the fact that we get this greed and this things that I want. I want, I want, I want. I have to work and work and work and get more and more and more. God doesn't hate the fact that you are successful. It's what you do with that. It's where, you know, what's that fruit of that labor? That's what he wants to talk about. But if you, if you work hard and make money a little bit, a lot, and you and you do things with that, and you bless people with that, that's not what we're talking about here in Matthew. He's talking about serving money, serving God and money. What is the most important thing in your life? What do you want more of in your life? What fulfills that hole inside of you more in your life? Is it money or is it God? That hole that we all try to fill with a variety of different things, with money, with things, with buying stuff. Some people fill it with alcohol and drugs and all sorts of different things. They're trying to fill that hole that they have inside of them that they can't fill. And most people try to do it with money, quite frankly. So let's read that one more time, and then we'll jump into some questions. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. What he's talking about is... If you love money and you're all about this world and you're serving this world and you're focused solely on the almighty dollar, 
then you will reject Christ, and you will certainly not put God first. So in the, I, I, would, I would ask all of us to kind of look at what we, what we rank as important in our life. Do that. You know, rank it top five. You know, write it down. Write down what you think is the most important things in your life. And if you don't have God first, then you need to pray and think about it. But if you have success and money in that top five list, it shouldn't be. It should revolve around God. It should revolve around your family and your friends. There's all sorts of things that you should have as priorities in this life over just chasing the dollar or whatever currency you use as <laughs> a chasing money, right? So you can't serve God in money. Let that be a lesson to all of us, okay? All of us. That's including tithes and offerings in the church. No, not necessarily. That's using that money for God's kingdom. And there's lots of ways to tithe or offer, okay? Time, treasure, talents. Uh, we get confused by that. That whole 10% thing is an Old Testament Levitical thing. That's not necessarily applicable to our day-to-day. But you should give to your local church or if you're a member of the church. But that giving can come in lots of forms. It can come in money. It can come in your time. Uh, it can come in your talents, uh, serving. Uh, you know, it, it's, uh, in my opinion, tithing is uh, a broad term for, uh, you know, giving your life first to God, whatever that is that you have, whether it's money, whether it's your time, uh, whether it's your talents, whatever that may be, uh, give it to God uh, first. And part of that is, uh, you know, helping the church um, spread the kingdom. That's for sure. But hey, anyways, uh, that's a great verse. So we read today, um, Proverbs, Colossians, Galatians, and Matthew. If you miss any part of this episode, uh, check it out on YouTube. Check it out on uh, on the uh, podcast, Spotify, or Apple. You can go back and listen to it. Let's try a few questions here. So if you're live with me on Instagram, hit that question mark on the bottom. I don't know if it's going to work, but we'll try it. Uh, it hasn't worked for like two weeks. I don't know why. Uh, so let me check it out to see if it works. If it doesn't, I'll ask for, uh, hey, it worked. Yay. Uh, so, uh, all right, cool. All right, so uh, we got a couple of questions here. So if you're uh, uh, live with me online, make sure you uh, ask a question on the bottom, and I'm going to get to a few of those right now. Okay, let's see what we got here. All right, having a hard time loving people like Jesus did. How do I give people more grace? I love Jesus, but dealing with people and society, social anxiety has been a challenge. Ashley, you know what? There's plenty of times where I've loved Jesus, but didn't like the people around me. Uh, That is for sure. Uh, And uh, so it's all about patience. It's all about perception and perceiving people the way God perceives them. I, you know, if, if we're the family of God, right, if we're the body of Christ and we're all one big family, uh, so dealing with your brothers and sisters in Christ is not always fun. Uh, and whether you're dealing with people that are fellow believers or people that are not believers, <clears throat> you need to treat them with grace and how Jesus would do that. Because quite frankly, if you respond uh, in, in a way uh, that is negative, and they know that you're a follower of Christ. Uh, you may be the only, you know, Jesus, so to speak, the only image of God that they see. Uh, they may not have any exposure to other believers. They may not have 
uh, a church to go to or a Bible to read. Uh, so you certainly want to set that example. So how do you do that? You've got to view it the way God views it in the sense of that, yeah, this is a fallen world. Um, people do bad things all day, every day. And, and we do too. We're not perfect. Uh, you know, we are all in some way, uh, you know, sinful uh, in our nature. Uh, sometimes that is uh, kind of um, uh, kind of going against ourselves, and sometimes we take actions against each other. So if you're being kind of uh, if you're having some conflictions about dealing with people in this world and not being really happy with people, just have some grace and understand that uh, you don't know what they're dealing with, uh, and all of our journeys are a little bit different, and uh, we don't necessarily know how hard the devil is attacking that person that is not being very nice to us. Uh, so have some patience, uh, give them some grace. And uh, I would say always, uh, my advice is always to pray for somebody over kind of responding to them, if that makes sense. I deal with combative people all the time. I mean, heck, even here on uh, Instagram, I get direct messages that are just downright ugly. Uh, and for the most part, I, I don't engage with them. Uh, and uh, I pray for them uh, because, um, you know, I can't help them. I can't fix them. But Jesus can. Uh, that is for sure. So give it to him. Okay. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, will God leave people behind after the rapture pur purpose, like chosen people left behind to preach? I, I, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, quite frankly, it's not laid out in the Bible. I would say no <laughs> is, is my best guess, but it is that. It's just a guess. Uh, the Bible is not really clear uh, on, uh, to be honest with you, uh, when the rapture occurs or what that's going to look like. I know this. Uh, at some point uh, in this existence, uh, maybe during our lifetime, maybe not, uh, we will be caught up in the air and be with Jesus. And there will be a battle of Armageddon, and we will spend eternity with God, period. Uh, that is what I do know. Uh, what that's going to look like, I, I don't know. I live uh, and trust the Bible and what it says, and it doesn't say that people will stay and preach, possibly. Uh, so we will see what happens. But more importantly, regardless, there are plenty of videos, plenty of Bibles, plenty of evidence out there. So if anybody gets uh, left behind, so to speak, uh, there'll be plenty of evidence that they can kind of dig into. But I wouldn't worry about it too much. I wouldn't worry about it too much. I don't worry about it too much. We, I think we had this conversation in the last couple of episodes. I do not think about the rapture. Uh, I don't think about uh, those end times type of stuff. We just got reading Gen uh, Genesis and the last uh, three books or three um, yeah three chapters of Revelation. It's interesting to me. Uh, I'm curious, uh, but the chances are it won't matter, uh, at least not to me. Uh, so my job while I'm here is to do this and tell as many people about Jesus as possible. And uh, I don't want to wait for a rapture. I don't want to think about whether, you know, who's going to be left behind and, and what happened to those people. I think right now, uh, my purpose and all of our purposes should be to spread the love of Jesus and tell somebody about Jesus. That's what we need to know. That's what we need to do. Okay. One more question. And then we'll, we'll go about our weekend. Um, it, it, there's lots of good questions on here now. Um, da, 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 my oldest sister. All right, let's, this is going to be a hard one, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to answer it anyways. My youngest sister doesn't believe in God. How can I tell her about Jesus without freaking her out? It's interesting how you close that, freaking her out. I wouldn't worry about freaking her out. I think uh, 
the way you need to uh, uh, approach it is a sense of how can you approach uh, spreading the love of Jesus and telling your your sister about Jesus in a way that she will understand it, in a way that she will believe it. That's the goal. The freaking out part, I mean, I, I, you can't control somebody's emotions or reactions to information or to news. So I would look at it this way. Uh, how, how do you uh, spread the love of Jesus uh, to somebody who doesn't believe? Uh, family member or non-family member. One, you can't force it on them, okay? They have to choose Jesus. They have to choose that path, and that's a very challenging thing. So what is your role in this and my role in this is is to, for a couple things, one, be the best example as we can be. As The, the verse we just read, right, in, in Galatians was talking about the fact that when you accept Christ, you have Christ in you. You have the Holy Spirit in you. So be different, right? Show your sister that when you accept Christ, your life is different. Model Jesus to them. Be what a Christian should look like to them. I, you should be so loving and so graceful and so kind of understanding and so willing to talk to them about things. The fact that they're going to be curious about what's different about you. Why is he or she so happy and, and, and peaceful and joyful and fulfilled? I, I need to go ask them about that. And then you can tell them about Jesus. So um, be a good example the second part is be open. You're, first of all, it's your family member. It's your little sister. Y'all should be able to talk about anything, okay? Regardless of whether she understands it, whether she believes it, whether it freak, freaks her out, as you say, you got to be open. Communication is always the key, okay? Communication is always the key. If you can't if you can't explain why Jesus is the better alternative to what's going on right now to your little sister, how are you going to do it to somebody at school or in the workplace or somebody you don't know? Start with her. Tell her how much Jesus loves her. Tell her that God loves her so much that he just wants her to love him back. And that's what she needs to do. And there's no negative to that. Right? Explain to somebody that somebody, the creator of all things, loves them so much that he wants to spend eternity with them. That should not freak her out. That should fulfill her. Okay? Be a good example. Don't be afraid to talk to her. Just be honest and just tell her this is it, right? You have a, the, the biggest choice you have in your life <clears throat> while you're here on this planet is whether you accept Christ or not. Period. All right, let's have a sip of coffee and we'll pray uh, and get about our weekend. can't believe it's Friday already. But thanks for the questions today. Our right, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us these verses today. We apologize for not putting you first all the time. I know for me, Lord, I, I, I try to put you first in everything I do, but I know I fail constantly, and I apologize. But I'm thankful and grateful that you are, you will always forgive me for that and point me in the right direction and point me and guide me in the right journey of my life. So I pray today that the people watching or listening to this takes, take these verses to heart. I pray that you touch them with these verses. I pray that you change them with these verses. I pray that they look to you and put you first in everything that they 
do. I want that not just for you, Lord. I want that for them and everybody that they encounter and touch. I want it for that person's little sister who is struggling to understand and to believe. I know if we put God first, I know if we put you first, excuse me, in everything that we do, our family and our friends will see it, and they'll be wondering why we're so peaceful and thankful and grateful and loving. So give us the strength and the knowledge and the wisdom to do that today, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, have a great weekend. Uh, Monday, we'll start all over again and do something else. I have no idea, but we'll have another episode on Monday. We're coming up to Thanksgiving here uh, in the United States. So I'll do a couple of episodes between now and Thanksgiving uh, and then take a break for a week or so. But uh, until next time, keep Jesus on your heart and forever on your mind. God bless you guys. Talk to you all next time.